Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 252 is entitled A Christmas Message, Part 2. Shortly after, having called his twelve apostles, Christ gives the greatest sermon in the world, simply called the Sermon on the Mount. It contains, among other teachings, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely, for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great shall be your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. No event in the life of Christ was greater than his divine suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane and on the hill called Calvary. In the Garden of Gethsemane he took upon himself the sins of the world. As a prelude to Gethsemane, Christ took his twelve disciples into the upper room to honor the Passover. The event is known worldwide as the Last Supper. In Christian churches everywhere, the sacrament is still served commemorating that event. The purpose of the sacrament is so that saints everywhere can renew their covenants with Christ. Matthew records those events. Matthew twenty-six twenty-six through 30 And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine, until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung an hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Christ teaches us how to partake of the sacrament. He gave two sacramental prayers. First, he took the bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. In other words, when we eat the bread of the sacrament, Christ commands us to remember his body, take upon ourselves his name, and always remember him. By remembering him, we will keep his commandments. The sacrament is a kind of weekly renewal of our commitment to Christ. In the second prayer, in blessing the wine, he gave thanks to the Father. And when he gave it to his disciples, he said, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, 
which is shed for many for the remission of sins. In other words, we must remember that he shed his blood for us, which, if we accept Christ, will wash away our sins. Notice that he commanded his disciples to drink all of it. In other words, we should not follow Christ halfway. The sacramental wine, too, is a weekly renewal that we as Christians make to always remember Christ, to keep his commandments, and to strive to be like him. It is like being rebaptized. It is a renewal of our covenants. It is a form of coming before the altar every week and renewing our covenants. Taking the sacrament is one of the most important things a Christian can do. The sacrament replaced the blood sacrifice that had been offered under the law of Moses. In fact, everything in the law of Moses was to remind the house of Israel of Christ. Following the sacrament or last supper, Jesus and his disciples go to the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane is at the base of the Mount of Olives. It was there that he took upon himself the sins of the world, an event so excruciating that three times he asked the Father, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But always submissive to the Father's will, each time he added, Not as I will, but as thou wilt. Matthew twenty six thirty six through 45 Then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them, and went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples, and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. The subtlety of the wording in the second and third cries shows that the Savior fully accepted the will of the Father. In the first cry, he said, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. In the second and third cries, he said, If this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. He is not asking that the cup be removed. He acknowledges his role as the Messiah. Luke adds the following to the narrative of Gethsemane. Luke twenty-two forty-three through 44 And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground.
This sad scene was surely a prelude to the additional blood shed upon the cross, making him twice the sacrificial lamb. And the final act of the atonement was Christ being whipped and crowned with thorns, and then nailed to the cross to be crucified. Matthew twenty-seven twenty-nine through 37 And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head, and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him, and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit upon him, and took the reed, and smote him on the head. And after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him, and put his own raiment on him, and led him away to crucify him. And when they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were come unto the place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down they watched him there, and set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Following his crucifixion, an unprecedented event occurred. It is an event that many saints who had died had waited for thousands of years. It was the resurrection. Christ rose from the dead. The raising of Lazarus from the dead was merely a symbol. Lazarus died again. This resurrection was permanent. Christ laid aside his mortal body and came forth with an immortal body. The first fruits of them that slept. John gives a touching account of the resurrection. John 20, 1-17 The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulchre. And he stooping down, and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeing the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also the other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood without the sepulchre, weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre, and seeth two angels in white, sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. 
And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself, and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my father, and your father, and to my God, and to your God. Christ was the first to rise from the dead. The scriptures report that following the resurrection of Christ, many came forth from the grave and walked the streets of Jerusalem. Matthew twenty-seven fifty-two through 53 And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of their graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. The final stage was the glorified, resurrected Christ. Immediately after his resurrection, his disciples didn't recognize him. Mary Magdalene thought he was the gardener. Thomas would not believe until he felt the wounds with his hands. Christ had to convince his disciples that he was the resurrected Lord. He said, Luke twenty-four thirty-six through 43 And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of an honeycomb and he took it and did eat before them. The glorified Christ was a different Christ from the one above. The glorified Christ shone brighter than the noonday sun. Paul gives his account before King Agrippa. Acts 26, 13-15 At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me and them which journeyed with me, And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. John also saw the resurrected, glorified Lord. Revelation one thirteen through 16 And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. 
and he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. This man called Jesus, whose birthday we celebrate, the man with a thousand titles, is our only hope. We can all take heart at the words he spoke to Martha. John eleven twenty five through 26 Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Three words. Believest thou this? Our eternal joy depends upon how we answer those three words. But we are all awaiting for the glorious second coming of Christ, in which he will appear in all of his glory. Matthew twenty four twenty nine through 31 Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the cloud of heaven, with power and great glory, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. The wicked will be destroyed, and Christ will reign on the earth a thousand years. After the millennium, Satan will be loosed a little season, and then the end will come. It will be the most glorious event this earth has ever seen. For all the saints of God, from the days of Adam to the final coming of Christ, will reign with Christ on this earth in celestial glory forever. Revelation 21, 1-7 And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he sat upon the throne and said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of waters of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. The best way to keep Christ in Christmas is to keep Christ in our hearts all year round. Have a very Merry Christmas, and God bless you. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.